0: You could be blind, but you gon' see it when you need to see it. You gon' be fine, cause you gon' be it when you need to be it. One of a kind, first free your mind and then you free your spirit. You could be blind, but you gon' see it when you need to see it. You gon' be fine, cause you gon' be it when you need to be it. One of
1: Welcome back to New Persuasive Words. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr. And here we are once more into the breach, my friend. Yes. We have yes. Um, our Facebook audience, includes people from California, yeah. but who, thank God, they're safe. and
2: Close, but the fire's close, but safe.
1: Oh, you're in Orange County. Orange oh. County's lovely.
2: Yeah. Well, at any rate, yeah, it's very... I, I, those, those pictures on, was it the 405? That's, crazy. It, looked, it that's really, just crazy. it looked apocalyptic. It really did. It did. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: It's awful. All
2: right, well, at any rate... So, all the dryness, all the wind, wars stuff. and rumors of wars.
1: Yeah, yeah, the sky will darken.
2: Yeah, you yeah. uh, Life is hard. The days were cold. <laughs> a piece of gold, we'd buy a bag of gold. I wish we'd all been ready.
1: Wow! All right, here we There's go. There's no
2: time to change your mind. The sun has come, and you've been left wild. Behind. Billy
1: Boar, here he is.
2: That is a little Larry Norman. Okay.
1: So we're, we're going to talk about. Today, something that I've been, some of them on my mind, and Bill and I have kicked around a little bit. So, something I tweeted a little while ago, and it's this insight from some conversation I was listening to that made me think that we might be more. Is there a chance that now I'm oversimplifying here a little bit? But
2: wait a minute, you oversimplify,
1: especially with things like this. Never, ah, uh, uh, so I, I beg to disagree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think is there a chance that, strangely, we're becoming more tribal and less ideological. And, by, and not that, you know, these I are mean, oversimplifying big names. But what I mean is this, like, it, I was thinking about, like, how it's sort of these cultural loyalties that, that pop up. And, mm-hmm. and so, like, instantly things flip, right? Like, right. It, like, it used to be Democrats weren't very scared of Russia and Republicans really were, then overnight, Republicans, you poll them, they like Putin, they like Russia, and Democrats think Russia's, you know, the enemy. You poll Democrats generally like the NFL, were less sympathetic to the NFL. Like, is it a good thing? Because it probably systemic injustices or whatever. Like, Republicans tend to like it. Now, with the kneeling, Republicans are down on the NFL, Democrats are up on the NFL. And these things, they wind up in weird ways. It, it, you just kind of... It's almost like, well, what is your, what's this team, what's our knee jerk? Or you think about evangelicals with with spiritual and moral values. Seventy two percent before Trump's the nominee said you have to be a decent moral and spiritual person to be a good president. When Trump gets a nomination, it flips the other way, like <laughs> overnight. Now it's like it goes to seventy percent the other way, where they don't think that's important. Yeah. So it, it almost, it's almost like the instead of the ideology shaping like tribes it winds up like well our team well, you know it, it's almost like this sort of gut instinctual level loyalty or this base level loyalty uh, drives the ideas more. right or, well or I mean, it's, just it's tending to drive them more. And
2: i think it's what the, where the what the cheerleaders tell you to do too so the fox, right the right fox news franklin graham uh other people who just <laughs> just boggles the mind some of what they say but people um you know people do follow that. You know, the other thing, too, I think with particularly the conservative evangelical voter, um, there are a lot of people who are one or
1: two issue voters. I mean, and – and On uh, local elections for me, that one issue was snow removal. Snow. <laughs> Tell me your view on snow. <laughs> Seriously, that is – I think a, we need to stop putting so much salt on the road. Uh, yeah, well, that's a project. Know, yeah. But if but, you're a mayor, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, Nutter used to do that in the blizzards. He's out there in written how. Uh, uh, you know, He's out some... there in his parka, uh, and like that goes a long way. I'm telling you, snow, Merrill thing. You want it? You, your position on snow is I'm going to move it.
2: All right, there we go. Maybe you should become the mayor of Langhorn.
1: I've thought about it. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, can I be your speechwriter?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There we go. I like absolutely. That. Right, <laughs> there's one it? speech: snow, <laughs> snow, and away it go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we uh, <laughs> remember that guy was running for the mayor of New York. The rent is too damn high. The rent is too damn high, party. <laughs> that's a one issue, guy. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's an issue. That is
2: an issue. It is an issue. Yeah. Um. But uh, there was a really interesting discussion. Uh. By the way, I, I you and I talked a little bit. I'm a little tired of Joe Scarborough. I, I need a little less Scarborough.
1: Although he and Mika won me back a little bit today with some of the nuance on the uh, Al Franken stuff, which I thought was.
2: Right. The lack of nuance in that is breathtaking.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, just painting with such. Well, Harold Ford, right? One allegation, and this was not someone he worked with, and they're out at a cocktail party or, so, or dinner, and, and she alleges something has happened years ago, and then he's immediately uh, fired or uh, like uh, from Morgan Stanley or whatever. An anonymous allegation. Yeah, I it. mean, the, 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 instantly. I mean, the, yeah. these are the things again. Like, I, I'm not. This is not an anti-me too, anti-like. We take. We should take victims seriously, but at the same time. There are going to be some false allegations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. and, and, yes, and, and these things happen, and and, and I think the unnuanced So we, we need um scalpels, not broadswords here. Right. Well, the, the, yeah, the, well, the people like a good witch hunt,
2: and 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 the crowd likes that, regardless. <clears throat> but a discussion that they did have the other day, and George Will was a part of it, and it, to me, uh, the idea of the, the abortion uh, being the, kind of a single issue, and again, you, you as I've said before, I am, I'm. Um, Against abortion I mean I think a lot of most people are against it they don't want it but i i am a pro i consider myself a pro-life person and have been a pro-life voter but the trouble with that is first of all you can't call yourself pro-life when you cut money for children's fee- to feed poor children. (laughs) You you can't call yourself pro-life when when you're building more jails. You can't call yourself more pro-life when you're hurting poor people, the quality of life. You can't call yourself pro-life when you're hurting education for people.
1: But what would be the counter-argument to that? Like, play devil's advocate. Like, how would... Because most people don't think that is... They are that inconsistent, right? So, like...
2: If you're going to care about the unborn child, you should actually really care about the born child.
1: So, what they're going to say, like, I've heard... Like okay, let's think of Head Start, right? So they'll say that the the results or the argument will be used that the results when you look at the studies that that it doesn't have long long term impact or I mean those are the you know I'm spurious of some of that stuff, but like
2: well, and there's studies that show it does, you know. Matter of fact, the studies show that you you need to even get them sooner particularly if they're in situations where they're not getting the where they're not getting the kind of I mean there is a window in terms of development for children and what you don't get nutrition uh, social stimuli that kind of things um, if you don't get a certain period you're not going to recover from
1: it yeah I mean this is what they found with the Clinton um, housing like relocation programs where they would where they would relocate families into more mixed economic mm. and and people said well it doesn't work but this this one um, economist found that it does it does work for kids that that moved under age like 10 or something it did work it fa- fabulously right. if it happened after that, Right. A, it just really yeah. uh and it's funny too because this guy is sort of middle of the road. This he's like an Indian Indian his parents are Indian, I think he's an immigrant and brilliant economist, young guy, got his PhD at like his twenties or something. But this guy he said, Look, he's just I've advised people from both parties and I say look like, these programs like this, like this housing relocation program, if you get these kids and get them in a sort of functional track they'll pay more than what we invested in tax revenue because <laughs> like, we don't wind up supporting them in social pro- in social dependency things or in prison <laughs> they actually wind up getting good jobs yeah. and then and then they pay taxes into the system that far p- outpay what we put into you know relocating them into a neighborhood yeah. that- I mean putting people
2: in prison only- I
1: was playing devil's advocate and I jumped back
2: the people in prison only feeds the prison but, 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 industrial complex. But,
1: but, but wouldn't wouldn't a conservative, a principled conservative who's pro life and singlish voters say that 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 they that largely they vote against these other programs because they generally don't tend to work well or create systems of dependency? And actually, the the way to be really pro life is to be pro market, or, or but
2: they don't offer an alternative.
1: Yes, tax cuts for rich people. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: it, all, yeah. it all goes they down. All, they all, they all, they all, it
2: all goes right to the... They end. offer an alternative. That it has shown it hasn't worked. Tax, that's because there's not enough tax They reali- need more. Do you realize that the disparity between income in this country is higher than it was between the aristocracy in England in the 19th century and the poorest people? So that's, that's the fruit of this kind of thing. And guess what? It sets up the table so they can start cutting Medicare, Medicaid. I,
1: and you could say, I mean... Oh, I thought it was my devil's advocate, but one of the things I would say is that now we're talking about tribalism, and I sound tribal, but I, I do think that what's interesting is you look at the wage stagnation and the income inequality and def- some of the deficit trends, and, and it starts in the 80s with supply psychic economics. Supply. And so, and the idea is that, like, basically, well, we didn't do enough of it. So we're going to do more of it. Yeah, we're going to double down.
2: Uh, uh, that's they're just lying, and they know they're lying. And ah, uh, uh, this is the thing I want to challenge.
1: Paul them. Ryan, I think, knows he's lying. I don't think that. I, so yeah, I, he's th- a son of a bitch, he really, is. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: really is. Yeah, okay. he is. He is. I'm sorry. This is
1: this, is, this wasn't going to be the airing of the grievance episode. <laughs> I wa- I, wanted, I wanted this to be our Festivus episode. No, but maybe this is a tribal. This just gets to the thing about tribe ideology. I think sometimes though like would jack kemp
2: have done this well but let me just say no would george w bush done
1: this no, no. but those people didn't they, they had, were part of the republican party because they had a conscience yeah no, but also they're part of the republican party before supplies economics became the dogma that you couldn't question so my question is I, I, it might not be fair to say, okay, you know... Bob Dole would not have done this. Right. Again, somebody that was part of the Republican Party long before supply-side economics became, like, the gospel truth in that movement that you couldn't challenge. And uh, An, but economic, an is,
2: economic theory that's been proven not to be true. But if you grow up
1: in the movement...
2: Like if you and then, it, like if you're a Mooney or a Scientologist. Except,
1: right, right. I mean, the, and there are arguments. That, you know, there are things. You know, on the left,
2: I mean, where you, no, I, but let me agree. I, I, again, I want to say the welfare state has been a disaster in many ways for poor people and particular people of color. Uh, Malcolm X is assessment. I agree with Malcolm X's assessment of it in 1965. So it's not a matter. I'm not. I am not. Uh, this is not. Uh, I'm not arguing that
1: the answer is more great society legislation. Okay, no, so no. Well, and I'm not even saying whether it is not. I'm just saying I think is when I think that what happens it, it with ideology. I cursed. Right?
2: It, I cursed it. earlier I called. Yeah, I called Paul Ryan. <laughs> you're name. fired
1: up. You're fired up. I, I think that he's such a disappointment. This is that he, he's he's an utter disappointment. I mean, it's really, there was a, a piece about Paul Ryan in the New Yorker or something. Or like Paul Ryan, who was you know the the brilliant technocrat Ryan. and the woman was like, well, except that was his own branding. What's a big piece of technical legislation he's gotten through? None. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it was one of those things. Now, it's, now, can I be
2: all intent? I think being a Speaker of the House right now, uh, as a Republican Speaker of the House, would be a horrible job. And obviously, somebody who was an able legislature got driven out. <laughs>
1: I want to take a brief moment to ask you a quick question. Do you like this podcast? Do you enjoy it? Do you look forward to listening to it while you do a morning, afternoon, or evening routine or while you're exercising or while you're caught frustrated in traffic? Do you tune into it because of the conversations you find here? If the answer to the aforementioned questions is yes, or even just a solid maybe, would you do something for me? Would you consider becoming a Patreon sponsor of the podcast for just five bucks a month? month or more it's for a good cause you can help this podcast and one of the many others i do keep going to be a patron through patreon of this which i think is an art form you're enjoying and will continue to enjoy again any contribution is welcome but for five bucks a month you will get a shout out on the thank you roll call which begins right now thank you david and Winter nababico michael butera peter stegenwald Samantha Blythe, Sari Graham, Jordan and Danny Morseberger, Josh Redder, Ellis Brazil, David Zoll, Jonathan Butrin, Ben DeHart, Charlotte Donling, Stephen Rowe, Andrew Stravitz, Jim Crest, and Liam O'Brien. If you want to join these patrons through Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. Thanks again for listening and now back to the show. Well, you know, and also the problem. This gets back to the tribalism thing. The problem is that you know you have this kind of freedom caucus kind of deal, right? And if any of those guys break r- breaks ranks, right, and sort of makes a compromise, they get they get, they get a, primaried.
2: Well, they get a dead, you know, they get a head of a horse in their bed. Right.
1: Well, all they could just. It's in the house. Which, by you, the way, such an awesome scene. <laughs> it's pretty. But you know, I mean, in the house, you. You're you're basically running every other year, I right? Mean, no, no so, again. Okay. So six months into it, you're raising money again. So like, really, the second you step out of line and and actually try to do some legislating. There's always somebody no. a, a more extreme that that w- they will primary you.
2: Uh, well, I, I, do you think the Koch brothers own our representative now? He's sure voting with them.
1: Uh, Fitzpatrick, yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't vote with
2: a, he, on he the health care, no, but he's he's in line. He's voted to tax. This, this
1: is this is thing though. Everybody, this is a like, like climate change, right? Like, and again, this is the tribe, right? Like. So you have somebody. You have you know, Ben Sass is one of these people, right? I believe in.
2: Who seems like a good guy,
1: right? Seems reasonable, reasonable. he's a good guy. drives. I know
2: that he's got to lose the beard. <laughs> drives Uber.
1: drives Uber on his well, spare time to get to know his constituents. He drives, you
2: know, he, he, I think he's a good. He's a good person.
1: But he'll say, "Okay, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't put ice in my mouth when I'm on radio. Sorry, but. just pull back when you Um I do that sometimes. So you have someone like so. Ben sass is not one of these people that's going to say we don't have to worry about climate change because the world's gonna jesus is going to burn the world up in x number of years and' we're, it's, we're not it's not a problem right Ben Sass you will say been left behind. i want to be left behind to fight the tribulation mean, if you fight with the tribulation that's the problem I almost got through one of those novels and I thought like the problem with this is I would want to if this i thought this theology was true' but it's not who do want to go to heaven when you can be with the tribulation can, force can I, fighting the right, Antichrist? Right. If,
2: if, the, if the dispensationalist pre-tribulation people are right, I want to go the, I want to go away in the first wave. All right.
1: I want to be a part of the secret agents that fight Nicholas Carpathia, the Antichrist. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah,
2: but like, huh.
1: So Ben Sass. They're w-
2: kind of similar to Papadopoulos.
1: Papadopoulos. Right? Maybe he. He, he is not the coffee boy. <laughs> he,
2: is, he is the Antichrist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Ben Sass will say, right? I believe in climate change. I believe and believe that that the, the human activity it affects it. Uh, you know, we have to still figure out exactly what ways, but what are we going to do? Let's do this with Bill Maher. Are you going to say it's like X substance or whatever? We should completely ban? No. Well, then, then, you know, we're in the area of nuance. So basically then what will happen is Ben Sass will vote exactly the same way as the guy that says we don't have to worry about it because, but if you're a sort of suburban, moderate, independent voter, oh, well, see, Sass is like these he kind of, he has a nuanced approach, votes the same way, right? So this is the thing where like, where it doesn't, where these sort of nu- oh, we're nuanced, you know, kind of approach winds up with the same, the, the tribe goes, and in this, these issues, the tribe goes with big energy interests. Mm, yeah. So there
2: you go. There yeah, we are. So, well, and what about, how does it work? Let's switch from politics. So how about, how, how does the tribalism work in, for instance, Christianity?
1: Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, we wind up with, did you like that transition? I like that. How does it work with say? Say, say. hey, something we actually know about. With kickers and punters. <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean, you see this, or people like, um, they this sort of, uh, inability to see the generosity for say, say in saying another tradition, right? Another domination to see like where, where they're getting things right and have a fullness of a witness to the gospel that maybe your tradition is limited and, you know, and and being able to see critically where those people over there really have something we don't have and how can we learn from them and how can we, I mean, there's this, the the kind of sense, you know, you can quickly reduce to sort of, you know, we've got the corner on the kingdom here or, or, or just being different to really, even the differences out there, you just kind of live in a kind of silo.
2: Yeah, well, that's that's our problem
1: with brother Jeff Fitch,
2: brother Dave yeah. Fitch. Big, or, oh, you know, he, 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 there's a friend I had. His name, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, Dave Fitch. Partially because, in terms of, I've been really, I, uh, and I, we're just saying this because we want to help his.
1: By the way, was well, somebody just greeted us from Germany, who was an exchange student in my high school, Malte, Malte Sorka. Oh, great! Hi, Malte. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't talked to him in decades. Great guy, Gates. Gates. Yeah, great guy.
2: Yeah, but. um yeah, I mean, I think there's a sense where I mean, I think of my own spiritual journey. I, I really, I actually went to a Mennonite church for a couple of years. I've, you know, the impact on my sense of what makes community, uh, on a, on an integrating social justice, and really living out the Sermon on the Mount. Um, that that you know those the Mennonites uh, and the Anabaptist traditions had a very profound impact on me, and I, I think there's a sense where it's it's certainly. It didn't become the dominant theme of my theological or ethical framework, but it certainly is something that I – I mean, I am so much enriched by that and and it's never never out of my vision. But, you know, the idea that there's one solution for the problems in American Christianity is just very problematic and – And, you know, that's what kind of drives us crazy sometimes when we try to talk to him because it's just everything is through this lens of whatever neo-Anabaptism is. or And, you know, we can say the same thing about progressive Christians, the same thing about Reformed people, um, you know, the same thing about Catholic, particularly Catholic converts. (laughs) You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I have a great friend. She's a she's she's a deeply spiritual person. She's a uh sister of Joseph and a PhD and you know, and just someone who I see every time I'm around her. Uh, I see Christ. But uh we were talking and uh and she go I I go, you know, I could be a Cat I could I the reason I can't become a Catholic because You can't join and be a bad Catholic from the start.
1: Right, right. No, yeah, 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 devotee.
2: She goes, she goes, but all of us, she goes, all of us bad Catholics would welcome you. Yeah, right, right, exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, also, I think you think when the Apostle Paul says, you know, there's neither um, Jew nor Greek. Male nor f- slave nor free, male nor female. You know, like right there, he's running down all the primary sociological distinctions in the, in the Mediterranean world. Like
2: he's yeah, he he. There is a realized eschatology. Right, we're already in the messianic age where all those. Uh, creaturely distinctions are obliterated.
1: Yeah, they're relative or at least relativized.
2: And, and the other thing, speaking of the Apostle Paul, you, you know, moving from Galatians
1: to
2: the <laughs> First Corinthians, you know, one of his, some of his most scathing rebuke is about those who turn the church into party politics or party following. You know, did Apollos were you right, baptized right. in Apollos were you baptized into Cephas? By the way, I love but he keeps using the Hebrew name for Peter <laughs> with the Corinthians. <laughs> Talking <laughs> that's some of the best passive aggressive stuff in the entire New Testament. I like it. Yeah. But this whole idea, this uh rallying behind one ideology or one group or one tribe in Christianity really I think is a sin against the body of Christ. Now again, uh the history of Christianity is us trying to take the one holy Catholic apostolic church and turning it into our own particular tribe. I mean, that's really one way you could, I mean, the the, the history of debate, division, sectarianism in, in Christianity is really, in some levels, our human tendency to not want to be one, to not want to be open to others, to not want to say that another person's position is as valid as mine. Yeah, But that's, to me, part of that's the, I mean, that still is the that is what I cling to in terms of the faith. And that's also the, the rubric by which I judge myself. You know, in other words, um, you know, part of my problem is I don't really want – I don't want to be a part of any tribe. I just want to criticize all the tribes. <laughs> but that in and of itself is not acceptable either. I mean, because I am – they are my brothers and sisters. I mean, part of what we even talked about before, you know, um, I, I think the poor mistaken folks in Alabama who are supporting Roy Morph, by the way – the problem isn't the fact alone that he dated 14-year-olds. The fact that how can a man take a vow to uphold the Constitution when he's been removed from office twice for failing to uphold the Constitution?
1: That's amazing, though, that, like, he got reelected.
2: It doesn't matter. It doesn't,
1: I mean, I'm just, it just fascinates me. This is. I mean, it's interesting, too, when you think about, like, the differences between— So don't—by
2: the way, don't—if don't, you, if you actually support Roy Moore, don't say—don't pledge allegiance to the flag because you don't mean it. <laughs> I mean, you really don't.
1: But, you know, do, do you think about the— like, like,
2: I mean, can I just say, how do you pledge allegiance to the flag and support someone who totally disavows the Constitution of the United States or thinks his personal, his individual interpretation trumps everything else? I, I, I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, again, if, if I— disagree, and I don't think the Constitution is the, the word of God, so, but— if Jesus I'm,
1: gave that to the Founding Fathers, dude. Everybody I, knows that. But if I— There's if, a painting of
2: it. If I, if, I am, if I have to take a vow to uphold the Constitution— and I can't do it, then I need to remove myself from the system.
1: And this does make the case for – maybe for judicial appointment and not election. (laughs) I
2: mean, I I don't know. I mean – I I don't know. Sometimes a smoke-filled room seems like a a wonderful – you know, I mean, uh, we would not have gotten Donald Trump. Well, we would have gotten Barack Obama too if there was a smoke-filled room making people selections. Uh, But – and certainly the Democratic Party kind of acted like a smoke-filled room by, uh, you know, tilting the balance towards Hillary. But – that's another issue. I, we really should have done... I wanted to do the... The airing agreements is in my heart right now. Okay, they keep coming <laughs> the up. Airing they, of the, I, I like this. So this, keep...
1: this directly relates to our next point. Um, so great book. Uh, one of the best books I've read in the past few months. Uh, Alan Jacobs, How to Think, A Survival Guide for a World at Odds. Outstanding book. Uh, and it's short. I mean, it's... He's at Baylor, yeah, and he was at it, was it Wheaton, yeah, and he j- incredibly bright. He wrote a great book on the Book of Common Prayer. He's written in Harper's. He writes, I mean, he's a, just a really, he's a very smart guy a, and a wonderful, delightful conversationalist. But it, the, chapter three of this book is on repulsions, where he says you know, the most important thing in you know, this tribalized kind of world is. Learn your repugnancies and catalog mm-hmm. them because what you find repugnant, generally, you won't be able to think about it and engage right. it. And so right. he, this is so great. like
2: my my reaction to Paul Ryan <laughs> exactly. was a
1: repugnance. You were you find him repugnant. So that's uh, that was I wasn't so being rational. You're probably not. You're to slow yourself down. And say, hmm. All right. Then so maybe minute, it's probably not going to change your judgment. <laughs> well, no. But hold
2: on. All right. So I was that was that was a knee jerk reaction without thought.
1: But that's not to say that you couldn't that your assessment would necessarily change, but he just... Well,
2: My assessment has led me to have a knee-jerk right, reaction.
1: Right, right. So but he says this in the beginning of this repulsions chapter, which is the subtitle, you're probably not as tolerant as you think. So a couple of years ago, Scott Alexander, one of the most consistently thoughtful bloggers active today, and one I read precisely because he helps me think, wrote a post titled, I can tolerate anything except the outgroup. In it, he set out to answer a question: How is it that straight white men, for example, can be gracious and kind to lesbian black women, for example, while being unremittently bitter toward other straight white men? All right, on, who, all right, repeat: Who are we? Who are we for? But who are we bitter against? What's that? Read that. Read that again. I want to. Okay. How is it that straight white men, for example, can be gracious and kind to lesbian black women, for example, while being unremittently bitter toward other straight white men? So he's thinking probably like somebody on the left. Who can, who can be very kind to, to somebody that's a, a different part of their group, but then another, a member of their own gender and race, uh, but did, they so, find, the,
2: so the leftist tribe is bigger than the
1: gender well, tribe. Well, then he says, what, what has happened here to the old distinction between in-groups and out-groups? Alexander's answer is that out-groups may, the, may be the people who look exactly like you, and scary foreigner types can become the in-group on a moment's notice when it seems convenient. Freud called that reaction formation. I like that. Yeah, yeah. He's, He talks about, and um, his example that he gives, is being chastised by readers when he expressed belief that Osama bin Laden was dead. More than one person, Alexander, found reasonable and thoughtful, manifested conspicuous disgust that other people... Um, ex- when he expressed relief that Osama bin Laden was dead, more than one person, Alexander, found reasonable and thoughtful, manifested conspicuous disgust that other people could be happy about bin Laden's death. He hastily backtracked and said, I wasn't happy per se, just surprised and relieved that all of that was finally behind us. But when Margaret Thatcher died, Alexander continues, on my Facebook wall, made of these same intelligent reasoned, and thoughtful people, the most common response was to quote some portion of the song, Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. (laughs) Another popular response was to link the videos of British people spontaneously throwing parties in the street with comments like, I wish I was there so I could join in. (laughs) From this exact same group of people, not a single expression of disgust or, come on, guys, we're all human beings here. And even when he pointed out he pointed this out. None of his readers saw a problem with their joy in Thatcher's death. Yeah, no, that is. I think there is a sense of,
2: um, um, yeah, that the, <laughs> the, to dehumanize someone else uh, is pro, is problematic. I mean, that's that's kind of the scandal of Christianity because God doesn't. If we try to look at everybody, uh, I think in Second Corinthians five.
1: And we no longer look at anybody from a human human point of view, as we used to look at Christ that way.
2: Yeah, I know. And so that kind of—that is something that may be the hardest thing to do as a Christian and the most challenging thing uh, for us all to do. Um, And and I think, you know, when we stop being convicted by our own prejudices— I remember someone asked me one time, well, Bill, what are your blind spots? And I go, well, if I, if I, knew, <laughs> they, if I knew them, they wouldn't be, it wouldn't be blind spots. They would spots. just be problem areas. But I do think in terms of uh, we have to be open to self-critique. Um, we have to, uh, whatever boundary humans build, we need to understand that that's a function of of sin. I mean, it's not without uh, prophetic meaning that the day of Pentecost, all the different languages were understood. Yeah. Uh, and so that it was kind of reversing of human hubris, so- and,
1: I, and I think the first step to this also is if, if we are justified by Christ and His work, and not by our ideas or our tribe or these things, then, then at least th- there's a move in the direction of hey, like the stakes for me being wrong or having a blind spot or admitting my repugnancy and, 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 and it me are, are a lot lower. If that's if those things, but if, if those things do our identity work as opposed to the work of Christ. that it'll be harder. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, friends, this is, yeah, this uh, week two. This it, tribe of two is yeah. going to sign off. <laughs> That's right. Advent two is peace. So maybe we all should try to pay, pray, not f- abstractly for the peace of the world, which is okay, but maybe we should be instruments of peace among the things that we are most likely to divide over. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
0: back around.